Hey guys, Walter Fetchick here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section. We've got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassner, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sportsbook. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to week nine of the NALCS Guess the Lions podcast. That's right. We're on our final week of North American League of Legends action in the regular season before we then take a week off to do our little promotion tournament that is worth basically $3 million, but nothing else, somehow? Because Riot's just had don't, to don't, think- Don't get me started on Challenger. Just don't, just don't. Look, man, don't. it's, I, I'm loving all of the conversations that have been going off across social media on how uh, now the Challenger series is irrelevant. Apparently now Europe is irrelevant because four European teams dare to apply for a franchise spot. So all of social media is just panicking on whether Europe deserves to even be a region, despite the fact that they're second at MSI and have had three semifinalists in the last two years at the Worlds. Okay, sure, it's great. But uh, I can't wait to talk about actual North American games, and I can't think of anyone I'd rather break down North America with my good friend and co-host, Walter C. A. Spedchuk. Walter, how are you, man? I, I'm I'm doing great. Off camera, we need to have this discussion about how you're correctly supposed to introduce me because this sorry, little thing sorry. down it's... here, this little thing down here designates the champion. So I, I need to make that firm because despite the absolute beatdown that you gave me yesterday, uh, if you look at the scoreboard up here, I'm still ahead. And, and we don't have very many weeks left. So I just, I think that I am owed the reverence and, and the deferential treatment that a champion is required. So I'll let it go this time, but just remember next time, you know, Nick, the producer over here, I, I don't, I don't think he can handle me anymore when I'm kind of like irritated by not being treated, you know, treated with respect. I, I don't know. I don't think he likes it very much. I, I feel like Nick, the producer doesn't like a lot of things. I feel like Nick, the producer needs like a hug and or a belt at any given moment. I'm not sure which does tend to go back and forth. Um, I, I'm just glad that Nick, the producer, seemed to be away for a bit because otherwise he would have told all of you how my fantasy team has just absolutely gone and died. It didn't. It didn't go well. I'm not. I'm not happy with it. But you know what? I am happy about uh, our up for the week, Walter. Where do you? What team did you pick for your up for last week's action? Um, I'm gonna say TSM and Cloud9 because they were the only two of the top six teams that won both of their series. Granted, they weren't both like you know. Dignitas won 2-0. Dignitas won 2-0. Yeah, 
Dignitas went 2-0. Yeah, but Dignitas's 2-0 was like a Dignitas 2-0 week where it was like there was one there was one good game in each series, one like mediocre game in each series, and then one bad game in each series. So I don't really their 2-0 is a very weak 2-0. But like Cloud9 and TSM, they had some pretty uh, like they had a pretty substantial 2-0 week. Cloud9 is kind of trying to avoid being that sixth seed. TSM is trying to make sure that they end up as either the first or second seed, especially with Immortals kind of falling a little bit flat this week. CLG has brought in Omar God, so we don't necessarily know consistency-wise if they can close out and they can stay on top of everything. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like, you know, Cloud9 and TSM, right at the end of the season, they're starting to pick things back up or starting to figure things out. And that's what really matters for those two teams. If you, you just have to make it to the playoffs. And then once you make it to the playoffs, that's when the real work begins because that's when you get eliminated. That's when you get one series a weekend to, to, you know, to show, no, we deserve to be in the next round, not the team that we're playing against. And out of, out of anyone in the course of league, LCS history, these have been the two most consistent teams when it comes to that turning it on for the playoffs and making that run for a championship. So I'm going to give it to them. It doesn't surprise me. But just like the rest of these contenders, you know, the other top four teams, just there's too many flaws for me to consider them contenders. I, I will say, I, I think that Cloud9 looked great last week. Mm-hmm. I think their strength of schedule made it easier to weak look Weak competition, weak competition, but they were strong. Yeah, no, I mean, look, you can only beat the teams in front of you. They had Liquid and... and FlyQuest in front of them. They didn't lose a map to Liquid. Do you want to point that out? They're the only team to ta- drop a map to Liquid this week. It's not great. I also really didn't like the loss that TSM had to Envious. I thought there were some some pretty big holes there um, that they could shore up. But, you know, in a league in which nobody seems to be perfect, there is no team like what TSM was in the summer of last split, where they were just so far ahead of everybody else that it felt like this was just a foregone conclusion that they were going to win the championship. And all we were doing at the time was thinking, how far is TSM going to go world? I think we ended up with them in our top four when we did our predictions for that. And I, I don't think there's a team we would put at that level right now in North America, but you, it's like you said, Cloud9 and TSM took care of business. I had Dignitas to that group. I, I, I'm frustrated by the fact that they can't play map two for anything. I don't know why. It's always map two. doesn't matter what side they start on. It's first map, they're amazing. Second map, they completely just lose their heads and do really stupid things. And then map three is when they cl- finally close things out when they win, or you know, it's kind of a very close game that they lose. Um, I, you, you gotta put it together for a full five game series. I can't imagine that Cloud9 or TSM is going to you know allow you to get away with just throwing away a map like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, we joked that TSM, that was TSM in the spring split, right? They always lose map two. If only they could figure out how to avoid playing like map two, right? And then they got to the playoffs and they avoided playing like map two. So uh, I, I want to say that those those teams uh, did what they needed to do in my mind last week. And, and that's worth it, even if it could have been a little bit prettier. Now, Walter, every up does bring it down. Uh, there is no, you know, giant peak that does not have a cliff on the other side. Walter, who is your down for this week? Uh, we are officially seeing the death of FlyQuest. This is this is the, I think this is the swan song. This is the watch them as they go out. This is they, I think all of them held on too long. 
Um, Moon, I think, is the only player that is really going to have a career after this, and probably Wild Turtle, because Wild Turtle's been pretty solid on this team. Like, he's in the top half, like, he's in the top five, like, lowest deaths of, for AD carries in the LCS. And, cause there was uh, this... Wild Turtle has died more times than any other AD carry in the LCS. Oh, I saw a post that he deaths. was the only one that wasn't in the top five. No, that team. post lied to you. Uh, oh, of his team. Yeah. I have no like, Like, positionally. Is... Okay, may maybe I misread he the post. He 110 then. deaths. The next closest is Arrow at 95. Okay, yeah, then Wild Turtle's career is probably over. <laughs> like, Moon's probably the only one that is, uh, is going to have a career after this. This is a, t a group of players that have just held on too long. And I, the problem is that with franchising, you still need to have North American players, so it's inevitable that one or two of these guys are going to end up on rosters next split. Um, everything that I've kind of heard in the background points at maybe FlyQuest not being necessarily an organization or maybe there being some sort of large change where it's not just the FlyQuest organization, maybe they pair up with someone else. Who knows, but I, I think this is the, the end of the... The end of like the balls high lemonation kind of storyline, and they need to they need to go their separate ways. They need to ride off into the sunset. Lemonation needs to become a head coach and just focus on the strategic aspect of the game. High is going to be a great spokesperson slash general manager for one of these inevitable franchises, and uh, balls gets to go back and get swole. I think he just needs to go and hit the gym and become the world's smallest bodybuilder. Yeah. I, I looked up the thread that you mentioned just to help put in perspective how bad FlyQuest is. It wasn't out of their position. Mm. The four FlyQuest players, High Balls, Moon, and Lemonation, have the four highest death counts in the league. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, any position. Uh, Wild Turtle is all the way down at 11th just because oh. AD carries don't die as often. Out of the top uh, 10, okay. He, yeah, no, he's uh, the, the other to round out that 10, X Smithy. Is at uh, is fourth? Uh, sorry, fifth. Excuse me. Aphromoot sixth. Zig at seventh. Seraph at eight. Ollie at ninth. Sven Skaren at tenth. It's actually Shrimp at eleventh, and then Wild Turtle at twelfth. So it's again, there aren't eighty carries who die as often, which is the only reason Wild Turtle's not in that stat. But it does point to just how absurdly high the uh, the death counts for FlyQuest have been. They aren't just losing; they're losing handily. Their kill death ratio right now is a whole 0.68. That is atrocious at this point in the season when these things are supposed to normalize, at least to a certain extent. They're just completely out of it. And I'm, I gotta say, I, I would have liked to have been wrong on this because I like for teams to surprise me. But remember a few weeks ago on the podcast where I said I didn't think that FlyQuest was gonna be joining franchising? Like, are we sure that FlyQuest is gonna be this long-term franchise? Um, I'm starting to feel like I may have accidentally tapped into something there because this is a team that doesn't just look like they're struggling on the rift. It, it, it feels like a team that has just become apathetic in terms yeah. of how they're promoting themselves and the brand and, and, and getting fans behind the team. I think that's one of the biggest reasons the social media side has been pushing against them so hard when you look at places like Reddit. Um, so it's, it's, it's a rough place to go. It feels like they've checked out. Like It straight up just feels like they realize they aren't doing anything so whatever <laughs> that is this is very laissez-faire attitude which i just don't agree with not if you're a professional and that's why i don't think these guys deserve to be professionals anymore like moon and wild turtle look like they're trying the rest yes. of them not so much
Not so much at it's, all. It's it's not it's not been great. I I will say this. Uh, if I were to give a secondary down, uh, hey, Envious, you, you needed to show up in at least one of these series this week. You're now all but locked into the eight, the six seed, excuse me. Um, that's a little unfortunate. I don't think you want to play against Cloud9 or CLG in all reality. And now you have no choice but to play in on red side because you're two games back, which means you need to go 2-0 and and have somebody go 0-2. And neither one of those teams can even take a single map or else you lose the tiebreaker. And also you can't lose a single map or else you lose the tiebreaker. So what I'm saying is, Envious, uh, you done goofed. I, I, need, I need more from you if I'm going to believe that you're a legitimate dark horse uh, heading into these playoffs here. But you know what? We are legitimate, Walter, because you and I put together another two-in-one week. If you want to go all the way back to week seven, of the Guest Alliance podcast. We had Immortals plus 110 over CLG, Cloud9 minus 125 over Dignitas. The only thing that we got wrong was that we thought TSM versus Dignitas was going to go to three maps. And TSM decided not to show up for that series, so it didn't go to three maps. But uh, that puts us right now, we are $521 in the black heading into this last week of regular season play. I don't remember the last time we had this much money to spare, Walter, heading into the final week. We've had some... We've had some pretty high week. Maybe combined, we've had some pretty high numbers. Yeah, combined, we definitely have had higher numbers. But five twenty one before the playoffs even start, because the playoffs are where you and I tend to really yeah. rake it in. Yeah, because we make true. fewer bets, but they're all good mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but here, let's point. let's keep this hype going. We're gonna start week uh, week nine here with Envious versus Immortals. Walter, you already heard what I had to say about Immortals. What are you, I mean about uh, Envious? Excuse me. What were your thoughts on Envious here? It's they just the problem is I think talent wise is that they're they have a ceiling with all of their players except we, like Lyra's ceiling is astronomical and it, he could probably go back to Korea and be starting on a Longju or a KT or like any of these you know elite tier teams and would fit in just fine. The problem is like. Seraph's ceiling is not very high. Like, I think he's, you know, maybe... You put him in, like, that 7-8 discussion of top laners without me going through and comparing him to every single one. Like, he's, like, just below average in what you're talking about. I think Niski has potential to show, but, like, currently his ceiling isn't very high. Again, you're talking about that, like, 8-7-8-9 kind of spot of where you're putting him for mid laners right now. Apollo and Hakuo have been fantastic, but, again, there is a... They are more of a, like, early on trying to get kills in laning phase, and then there's a lull in what they do, and then they kind of do team fights pretty well because Apollo is a very intelligent player when it comes to positioning himself in team fights, and Hakuo is a brilliant engager. But it, it just feels like they're hitting their ceiling. Like, they're, they're, they're at where their ceiling is. It's a solid team. It's a team that can take maps off of TSM and Mortals and these top-tier teams, but... There's enough of I go, well, they're not going to win the title because Seraph is on this team, and Seraph is yeah. the eighth best top laner, and they're not going to win a title because Niski is a rookie, and they're not going to win a title because on this team, other than Lyra, who is the guy that you want to make that, like, if you need a game-winning play and you take Lyra out of the equation, because he's a jungler, and junglers can be hampered by what the position is, like, it's rare that you just get a jungler unless it's on something like a Kha'Zix or a Rengar and they can just blow up 
both teams' carries at the same time uh, in one go. Like, it's very hard for a jungler to just outright carry in the late game. Um, <laughs> and especially where the meta is now where it's more tanks. Like, I remember back in Season 3, I would get judged by my friends being like, oh, you can't carry games with Maokai and Silver. Like, and I'm playing Silver Elo, and I would, like, invade red buff with maokai against lee sin players and i remember one time i had a game where i went like 18 3 and 22 as maokai and it was like there see you could carry as maokai in the jungle you can't do that nowadays maokai isn't built that way gragas isn't built that way uh sejuani is not built that way you can carry by you know getting brilliant engage and and uh you know crowd controlling and that kind of things but at the end of the day someone's got to be dealing all the damage and someone has to then make the play off of the play that you're making. And I just don't see who that really is on Envious. I don't trust Niski. I don't trust Seraph. And as good as Apollo has been in the split, he's not a he's not a stick say. He's not a double lift where we know him to be a hyper carry. He has always been the I'm a really solid supportive carry. I can get through laning and, and it's sort of now reached this tier where we're wondering, okay, can he take the next step? And I, I don't see it, though. I don't see him taking that next step yet. So they're pretenders to me. They're a top six team because they're better than the bottom six teams. They can, they can take maps and take series off of, you know, the teams that are like four, five, uh, three, four, and five. But I don't see them as any type of threat to the title. Yeah, it's tough. I, I think that, you know, where, where I come down on this team is that you have Lyra and Hakuo, and I think very highly of Hakuo. Hakuo might be my first team all-pro support. Uh, I go back and forth on that. I think he, Ole, and Biofrost are the three, and anyone else in your list of three uh, just seems wrong to me. I think those three have clearly asserted themselves, and I go back and forth based on the day of which one I appreciate more and which skill set I think is more relevant. Um, but the problem is that you have Niski, who is really... You know, he's a great second option. If he's your second best carry on your team, feeling good about Niski. If Apollo is my second best option on my team, I'm feeling great about Apollo. But Seraph is just a dead weight in so much of what he does mechanically and in so much of what they need in team fights, and it just puts this extra pressure. They can't have a team with like three two options, which we have seen be successful at different points with different types of squads. Uh, it, it just it, it's it's very tough as a hill to get over, and against Immortals, I think that this is one of those series where if they lose map one, Envious will basically be eliminated from being anything other than the six seed, and I think it's going to be very hard to convince them to bounce back. I think that's a very tough position to come back from. Where do you think the line is, Walton? I'm going to say Immortals minus two fifty because Envious is a good enough team that Immortals doesn't deserve to be in like the 300 range i i said minus 250 as well so we're gonna split this one uh it is immortals minus 278 which puts edvius at plus 200 uh three maps is plus 115 and immortals 2-0 is plus 120 i don't like i said like there's just uh it's they're both, just because they're both likely. <laughs> they're both just as likely to happen. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to come back. Uh, there might be some value there. Uh, next up, Dignitas versus CLG. Great matchup. This is a fan, this is a fantastic series. There's there's a bunch of them this week. In all honesty. Yeah, no, there are quite a few close series. Um, 
couple of which for the wrong reasons, but still. Important well, series, too. Yes. This is, a, this is a big one, because CLG right now is at a precarious 11-5. and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, They are one game up over Cloud9 and Dignitas in the standings, but they, you know, they did a lot of that back when Dardock was their starting juggler. Now it's Omar Guy, who we saw, you know, in week one, we saw, like, oh, look, at this is... This is who he can be, and now we see him. It's like hey, this still feels like a rookie, like very clearly a rookie. Where, where do you stand on CLG now? Are you are, are you nervous about where CLG currently stands? I I think that they're not. I think they're going to end up the fourth seed, and they're going to be playing against Dignitas anyways in the playoffs because I think Cloud Nine just has an easier schedule. Um, yeah. They have to play against Dignitas and TSM this week. That's you know, and you compare it to Cloud Nine, and Cloud Nine is playing against. Uh, uh, Cloud Nine's playing. I against have it. Envious en- and Echo. Envious and Echo Fox. So like, Cloud Nine's probably gonna win one of those games, and then probably is gonna win both series. Like Echo Fox is pro- is like ninety eight percent, and then Envious is you know like seventy percent or whatever. Well, and remember, they get to play Envious after Envious will likely be locked into the sixth seed. Yeah. So Envious so... will have nothing to play for in that series, and why would they show off any strategy? Yeah, exactly. So so this comes down to CLG needs to beat. Dignitas just to stay like stay ahead of Cloud Nine in the win loss, and then they also have to probably beat TSM because Cloud Nine's probably going to beat Envious. Like, it's really rough. Um, CLG is just proving they have built themselves a system, and it, when they find the guys and convince them to play their role and to do what they need to do within that system, they can make a rookie look fine. Like, there's talk that Omar God deserves Rookie of the Split because. He's played a couple of good weeks. Mike Young's played longer. Like, at some point, you have to be like, okay, he only played six series. Like, the other dude played twice as many. You have to give it to the other guy. I, I just, I don't agree that Omar God has done so much. It's not like he came in and rejuvenated CLG for a couple of weeks here. Like, CLG's playing the same way CLG has played since week one with Dardock. It's just maybe game two is a little bit cleaner. Like, maybe they look a little bit cleaner in games two and games three. Um, he's a little bit more consistent than Dardock. The early kills and golden experience are going on the jungler. They're more so going on the laners, which I think is good for Darshan and Hui um, because they could use any bit of help that they want. Like, Darshan's looked pretty good in the last couple weeks. He sort of turned it on. Now that you can kind of exploit the tank matchups by going something that's a little bit more split pushy, but I'm worried just because watching both North America and Europe, teams are picking, like, Jax and Camille and Kled and Nar and you know these things where it's like oh they want to set up a 1-4 and they're like nah fam we're gonna team fight with Jax let's team fight let's team fight wonder why but I just it just boggles my mind that you pick Jax and you're like you know what Jax is really good at team fighting let's you team know fight how you with know Jax. that game was bad that was two weeks ago and we're still talking about it and we're still pissed it's still dumb. It hasn't like that. Was that the dumbest thing that we've seen this season from like a team that we actually respect? Probably, but I'm not. Yeah, I, I'd have to. I'd have to really think hard because Origin still exists. Yeah, I, like I said, team we respect. Walter. That's fair. That, that was the caveat. There. I, I mean, I, like CLG. I still could like it, it's TSM. I think is on top, and then I think Immortal CLG and Cloud Nine are are underneath them in some order because I think they can all beat each other on any given day. And then I'm still not sold on Dignitas because I, I 
I don't want to get burned by them again. And then Envious is underneath, and then everybody else is underneath there. So I don't think any of my opinions on CLG have changed. I think Omar Guard's been an excellent replacement. I think it was smart of them to give him a chance. And if there were internal problems with with Dardock, the earlier you can get rid of him and get this kid ready for the playoffs and then even potentially a Worlds run, the better. Um, But I wouldn't say my opinions on CLG have changed all that much. I still think they're a top three, top four team, and they are a contender for a championship. Just slightly less now because I don't know how much I trust a rookie jungler on a big stage. Yeah, that's a huge concern to me. I, I understand that we look at Rift Travels like, oh, look how good Mike Young looked in that spot. But Mike Young had a very specific mentality. He has that, I am fearless, I will go in and I will make the dive, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise play. Like, I'm going to go for a play because I believe the best thing I can do for my team is constantly look for openings and look for ways I can get my team going. Omar God isn't that kind of player. Uh, people are kind of joking now that he's a Gragas OTP because that's basically what he's been playing. He's playing these things in which his job is to get his teammates going rather than being any individual playmaker. Which, you know what, there's nothing wrong with that, for the record. Um, guys like X Smithy have made entire careers out of it. So there's certainly, I, it, it's kind of funny that we see someone who maybe is falling in that line now filling a role that last split was filled by the guy who made that career mm-hmm. a thing in, in a lot of North American minds going back to season three. It, it's just for me, I, I feel like it's a lot in a short period of time in a North American season that I think is incredibly competitive. Like, I, I, I think it's one of those things where because there isn't this massive overshadow, like this team is so much better than everyone else, I, CLG are going to have to slog their way through if they don't get a first round buy. And, and as you laid out the, the groundwork there, it looks very difficult to do that. And I am so terrified that we're going to have another, you know, game five versus FlyQuest scenario where CLG's close, and they just need to not do the bad thing, and then Omar God's like, I've got an idea. And Let me do the bad thing. <laughs> Let me do the bad thing. It's always, there's got to be someone, right? Where, where do you think the line is on this series, Walter? Uh, I said CLG minus 225. Okay, I get this one. You went way too high. I said CLG minus 130. Uh, sorry, I said CLG minus 160. It is CLG minus 137. That's Dignitas at plus five. It's amazing you say that, and I just saw a bolt of lightning, and it just thundered. It's the most ominous thing ever. No, please don't do this to Dignitas. Please, God, <laughs> don't do this to Dignitas. I would actually love to see them like in the finals and win a championship because... I, the legacy behind the organization, I think Odie would deserve it. I think like the guys on this roster, it'd be such a great story for all of them. Uh, for someday, for Shrimp, like these are all castoffs. These are all guys that, other than someday, but like castoffs. Nobody wanted them. Nobody thought they were that great. And this would be like the ultimate like, Dallas Mavericks kind of when they won the championship over Miami. Like that'd be that like ultimate moment where it's just like you have one superstar and someday, and the rest are all these like castoff pieces. And somehow they beat, like, Dwayne Wade and Shaq right at the tail end of his prime. Like, it would be it'd be fantastic for it to happen. And when you're pulling these kind of odds out, that is like, no, we believe in Dignitas. Don't believe in Dignitas. Please don't believe in Dignitas. This is like that. Stop. I mean, it happens in Korea a lot where it's like, don't believe in KT. Don't believe in KT. And then Monty's like, you know what? I will believe in KT. No. And then they lost their playoff series. 
And then it happened with Longju. Papa Smithy's like, you know what? I will get excited about Longju. And then they got destroyed by KT you, this past you, week. You know what else it's That's like? That's how this goes. You know what else it's like? It's when Chase Wassener picks a favorite team in esports. Ah. CJ Entis, I cry every time. I don't have a counter argument. Let's move forward. <laughs> Phoenix Squad versus TSM. First game on, on uh, Saturday here. Is, is there anything left in the P1 tank? Nah, nope. Is, it, is this... Done's up. Done's up. It's done. C can they do enough no. to avoid relegation? You think they're in relegation? Mm, well, no, because FlyQuest and Liquid exist. Like, the, the thing Phoenix Squad has going for them is like, the Team Liquid players might be a little bit more talented, I think. Like, across the board, especially if Mickey gets to play. But I no one knows what they're doing. No one knows. Like, you know, they started right over and they had a pretty good game with, a game one against um, against Cloud9. And they win a game with Rainover. They're like, all right, let's put Dardock in. And then they get crushed in game two. And then game three, they're like, all right, now let's put like Rainover back in. Like, I... I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the, they're divvying up, like how they're divvying up repetitions and scrims. They've got, you know, two mid laners. They've got three junglers. They've got another 80 carry. Like, I, I just, I don't know what this roster is doing. I don't know what Kane is doing. I know what Steve is doing and he's counting fat stacks in his office because he's gotten Magic Johnson and Disney to give him money. Like, again, Steve is a brilliant businessman. He is a terrible League of Legends general manager and is terrible at hiring the people to help him make those kind of decisions so with all of that just like cluster of uncertainty around team liquid as a whole i'm gonna give phoenix one a little bit more credit even though we thought for like two weeks rio was gonna like peace out and be no nah, i don't want to play anymore and then surprise he was playing so i yeah. i don't know i would say phoenix one is most likely not going to be in relegation just because of the absolute uh, uh, crap show that Team Liquid is right now. And then FlyQuest yeah. is... <laughs> okay. I, I think it says so much about how much of a circus that Team Liquid has become that I asked you about Phoenix 1 and your immediate response was to dig into how crazy Team Liquid has been. Which, to be fair, is the correct response. We know about Phoenix 1. Like, Phoenix 1 has a great jungler, uh, has a bot lane that doesn't seem to be clicking the way that they should at this point, a mid laner who is both fed up and burnt out, but also refuses to get off the rift, and a top laner who's really bad at League of Legends. Like, that's just where they... Zig is bad, man. Uh, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm throwing at yeah. the towel. I have sold, yeah. I sold all my Zig stock like weeks ago. Now I'm <laughs> trying to, I'm talking to my friends and telling them to sell their yeah, Zig no, stock. That's, that's where I am. I, I'm, I'm so done. I just, it, it's frustrating. Uh, here, here, here's a question, here's a question for you then. Here's a question oh, for you. I, 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 I have, a, I have a question for you then. So you're, if you're a t if you're a new franchise, let's say you, let's say, you know, let's say someone doesn't make it in and you're a new franchise owner. Um, you, you, let's say you're Steve Ballmer from the Clippers. You, okay. you hired a general manager, you're all there, you're sitting down, and you're going, okay, I could choose between Zig or Lurlo as my top lander for this team because it's got to be an NA talent because I'm going to, to Korea for my AD carry and my jungler, let's say. I already, I already got those, but I got to have NA talent in my top lane. Lurlo or Lurlo. Zig? Lurlo. Lurlo. And I didn't have to hesitate. 
Zig or licorice? Licorice. Oh, absolutely licorice. Okay, okay. fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you that. I just wanted your, your opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and to give a deeper explanation, licorice, because he actually has potential and I think he could be a good League of Legends player uh, with enough time and, and coaching and whatever else. I think I, I think Lurlo's a change of scenery guy. Yes. I, I think if, I, like, Darshan decided to retire, Lurlo on CLG would be a perfect fit. I like that a lot. Right? That's a really good point. Like, I think he could have, like, a Haunters-level breakout if he got onto the right team. Because I still believe in him. I still think he's a really good player. And I just, I think he's he's lost in this sort of quagmire of Team Liquid storm. You know? You know what else has gotten lost? Our, uh, our line for Phoenix 1 versus Team Solo mid. <laughs> Where do you think it is, Walter? I said TSM minus 750 because Team Solo mid is a very good League of Legends team and Phoenix 1 is not. I... I agree with those statements. Yes. Uh, I said TSM minus 600 because I, I figured the casinos would be low. Uh, they were way too low, in my opinion. Uh, TSM minus 385 is the line for the week, which makes no sense to me. <coughs> That's Phoenix 1 at plus 265. Like, like, what that tells me is they have not figured out how to get rid of the buff that they gave Phoenix 1 at Rift Rivals. Like, they just haven't recalibrated whatever that number is. So for your surest of sure money bets, let's go ahead and take TSM at minus 384 to beat Phoenix 1. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. I mean, we're really, like, would we take TSM minus 105 for the 2-0? What, what is the odd for it? I just said minus 105. Minus 105? Hmm? No, because something weird could happen. Like... One game, something weird could happen where Sven Skaren goes to gank for bot lane and Arrow gets a triple kill and double buffs and just... Ugh, he's playing Kog'Maw and it's just sad. <laughs> you see, you say sad, I say, Arrow, please. Arrow, give me a reason to want to watch this series, for the love of God. Because uh, if you're not a TSM fan, I don't, I don't know why you get to see TSM get into playoff form this week. They get the, yeah, they like get the said, punching bag to warm up for CLG. Then they get to wipe the floor with CLG and remind everyone, like, hey, we've never missed a North American LCS final before. Why don't people talk about that more? It's kind of weird how everyone's like, yeah, maybe TSM won't make it when we've made it every single split. Oh, don't worry, Walter. TSM fans never let us forget it. Like You're you, every week of this damn podcast. right. We're going to move on. Envious versus Cloud9. Very interesting series. Again? I yeah. wish that this was the first series that Envious was playing because it's very likely that they won't have anything to play for by the time they hit the rift here. I... Which, it's always a big question. Like, I don't know how much of that plays into the minds of the players. Um, I I'm sure, like, coaching-wise, you, you pick and ban differently if you want to make sure that you're not revealing anything for a playoff series, especially because these teams could theoretically be playing against each other if things work out the way you and I think they will. Um, so, so outside of that, in, in a world in which Envious is giving it their all, what would be the thing you're most excited about with the series? What do you expect to see? 
I mean, I'm just watching Envious to watch Lyra, and again to watch guys like uh, like Apollo and Hakuo. Like Apollo and Hakuo have reached keen status for me, where I just love watching them play because they're underdogs. Like Apollo and Hakuo never should have been this good. We decried them for a while, and they played pretty well last split, and then this split they took it to another level. And now you look at the bot lanes in North America, and we're pretty damn stacked when it comes to bot lanes. Like, maybe not against Korea, maybe not internationally, but when you just look at the bot lanes and you look at their stats and how well they play as a, as a unit, it's just pretty amazing, the, the, the bot lanes that we have here. You know, just, just going through, we obviously, Hakuo and Apollo. We have guys like Sneaky and Smoothie. We have Aphromoo and Stixay. We have Cody Sung and Ale. We have Arrow and Expecial, which I think is a pretty good bot lane. We've got uh, All Tech and Adrian. All Tech and Adrian coming out of nowhere. Uh, Apollo Hakuo, Biofrost and Doublelift. Like the worst one is either Wild Turtle and Lemon Nation or Matt and Piglet. And one of those players are world champions. So, <laughs> you know, context not really mattering um, at this point. But like, Keith and Gate? Uh, yeah, mark? Keith and Gate. That's right. I always forget Keith and Gate exists because <laughs> yeah, they're actually I, I wish worse I bot lane. I, I wish I could forget Keith and Gate were a bot lane as well. <laughs> that's that's a very nice power that you have. Yeah, they're just uh, they're they're fun. It's they're a mid tier team. You need to have mid tier guys. You need to have your Sami Zayn's and your Dolph Ziggler's in the world. Like they have to exist, and they're good fundamental guys. And Envious is a good fundamental team to watch, and they have their their splashes of brilliance when. Lyra does something absolutely bonkers. And they have some moments where they, you know, mess something up, and it's usually Seroth. And as much as we kind of hammered Seroth earlier, like, he's not the best player, but he's serviceable. I think to be an LCS top laner, you have to be as good, if not better, than Seroth. And sure. I think, because he's, he's pretty consistent. He doesn't have any games anymore where he absolutely pops off and goes, you know, 10-0-1 on, like, Fiora. He's the kind of guy who's like, no, I'm going to play something that is more team-centric. Um, I'm going to concede a little bit of space in laning phase, unless I'm playing Rumble, where I'm just going to flame splitter and push, 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 push. And I'm going to try to be the first guy into the fight. I'm going to be trying to be the first guy that's disrupting everything. I want to be the first guy to go down because I, I'm not the carry. I, they can afford to lose me. And I think now that they've had more of an identity with Hakuo becoming a, a, a secondary or more primary shot caller for the team, that helps where if Seraph goes down and he shuts off because he's been getting camped all game, there's someone on the backside that's able to pick up the slack and Seraph can just be, I'm going to run in his rumble, I'm going to throw down my alt, I'm going to, you know, flame spitter and Zonia's, or I'm going to run in his Maokai, I'm going to flash onto the carry, I'm going to try and deal, you know, disrupt as much as I can, or Gragas, or any of these other champions. So to me, they're, they're a solid fundamental middle of the pack team and that is enjoyable to me when you have to look at some of the other teams that we have like FlyQuest where it's just sad yeah yeah no look this is a fun team I, I enjoy watching Envious at their best um, I, I think that they have uh, certainly uh, had some very fun games I think Lyra is always an X factor I think that always will keep games interesting I think Hakua will ensure that they always have at least one threat by the time you get to the mid to late game. And one of the things that I like about them versus Cloud9 specifically, Cloud9 has such a single-minded approach to the game right now. It's like, hey, so we're going to get Jensen all of the gold, and then he's just going to win the game for us. Okay? Okay, let's do the thing. 
And Jensen right now is having one of the best regular seasons in North American history. I want to say that he is having an amazing season, even better than last season where he was my first team all pro uh, mid lane. I don't know how I feel about him this split. I, I, there are some different things I need to consider, but he's a very great player, but that's where they put all of their eggs. All of the eggs are in that Jensen basket. And if you're envious, I think you can exploit that. I think you can do a little bit of a better job moving around the map. I think that Apollo and Hakuo can absolutely win that bot lane. And I think that Lyra is the better jungler. And I think that I, I, as long as Niski can hold his own, like it's not like Impact is going to be this monster that just tears Seraph so, so, apart, so right? So here, here's the problem is you can't just have Lyra stay mid. You can't. And that is what Niski is going to need, is he is going to need someone to babysit that lane the entire laning phase because it doesn't matter what Jensen is playing, when he sees that opportunity to throw out an Orion on an ultimate and you know take five-eighths of your health and kick you out of the lane and make you go back and then start taking this advantage and then start roaming, like, it, I don't trust Niski to go one-on-one -on -one with Jensen. Jensen can outplay Bjergsen in the one-on-one, -on -one, and Bjergsen is the best mid laner in North America. Yeah, I said it, I still think he's the best mid laner in North America. And I just don't think Niski can do it without himself. So then it's like, okay, well, Lyra is this amazing jungler. He should be able to come up with all these weird gank pass. He should be able to get in there. He should be able to, you know, mess some things up. He's got to do that two games. And if you're doing that in two games, I know Reaper is smart enough that he's going to move contracts around the map and he's going to set up his other lanes to succeed, get them into good matchups. Seraph isn't this overpowering laner. Like, Impact hasn't been great in the lane, but Ser it's not like Seraph is going to crush him. So that's no, something Seraph's Reaper, not winning you again. Yeah, so that could just be something Reaper just goes like, all right, we're going to put Seraph into a bad matchup. I'm going to focus on that in pick and ban phase and getting something like Maokai versus Gnar and just letting Impact go crazy because let's not forget, at the end of last summer, Impact got into this groove on playing Gnar and almost single-handedly carried Cloud9 into an LCS title and the number one seed coming out of North America. Like, let's not forget that. And Impact has slowly been improving over the course of the split. And when he can get into advantageous matchups for himself against guys that aren't better than him, that are about his level, he can hold his own. And if you're not sending a jungler there, that means, okay, Impact has more of an ability to overtake Seraph and, and to kill him and to take advantage of that lane and then go from there. So I just think it's way too risky to put all your eggs in the let's shut down Jensen basket when it will require Lyra to be like a 95% mid lane proximity for two games. And uh, it's less about stopping Jensen and more about minimizing how much he's going to beat you while maximizing how much that Lyra can beat you and how Apollo and Hakuo can beat you. I, I don't think it's likely. I think Cloud9 wins this series, especially because Absolutely. I think Envious has to uh, to hide some things because I, I don't think they'll have anything to play for. What do you think the line is, Walter? I said Cloud9 minus 150. Okay. I said Cloud9 minus 180. I get the point because it's Cloud9 minus 172. That puts Envious at plus 130. I just want to point out Cloud9 plus 175 for the 2-0. It's not a 2-0. I, I'm telling you, man. If, if Envious is out, why would you, why would you do anything that would give away any credible strategy? Five Nine needs those wins more than Envious does. Right, but I, 
And the Assault's going to win because they have some super secret strategy. They're going to win because they just out-team fight Cloud9 at, you know, and a mid-game team fight. Like, this is going to be all about fighting from 30 to 40 minutes over objectives and team fights. And you're probably going to have pretty even gold leads within, you know, three, 4,000 gold on either side. And this is going to be about mid and late game team fighting. That's what these two teams are built to do. So I don't think that Cloud9 is going to roll over this team and it's going to be this very, you know, easy, like 2-0. Envious is as well suited as Cloud9 to fight in that mid to late game. And they probably have a better early game because they have the best jungler in the West. So. Fair enough. Yeah, I like, we'll, we'll come back. We're going to breeze through this next game because... Uh, it's the last week of the season, and we don't have to pretend to care anymore. FlyQuest versus Team Liquid. Where's the line, Walter? Uh, I had Team Liquid at minus 135. You get this by five points. <laughs> hey, there we go. Because I said Team Liquid minus 130. Kay. It is Team Liquid minus 137. I got you. Okay. Which yeah, they're is even. fine. They're pretty even. FlyQuest plus 105. I mean, yeah, they're both bad teams. Team Liquid gets a little bit of a bump because they have a bigger brand name. These are your relegation teams. Yeah. I I look forward to not having to talk about these rosters anymore. I, we're not going to care about the promotion series. It only costs counts for $3 million of someone else's money, are we? Are no. we watching that? Mm. Okay. I mean, I might just because it's E-United and I love Clerky, but... You know. Yeah, sure. Shout out to Clerky if you're listening to the pod. Um but yeah, I, I draw the line at tournaments in which the only prize is a, a millionaire not having to spend an extra three million. That's just a hard tournament for me to buy into. I'm sorry. I can I'm just sorry. imagine Waylon Rosell and the rest of the esports team to be like, hey, you guys know what? Here's what we should do for the promotion tournament. We should give whatever teams win it not a $3 million penalty for when they try to buy into the LCS. I think that's what we should do. I think that's what we should do. Whichever teams lose, three million dollar penalty. I think that's a great guy. I think that's a great idea, guys. It is up there with building a wall between the United States and Mexico, totally, and getting them to pay for it. It's right up yeah, there with it. It's, Brilliant it's gotta idea. It's got to be see through, though. It's got to yeah. be a see through wall. It's, it's got to be a solar panel powered fine. Nick Allen is rolling in his chair at Twitch headquarters going right now, like, this is the stupidest thing ever, and I always find CLG for what other people did. I, yeah, I Nick Allen completely vindicated. We're going to move <laughs> on. Uh, Echo Fox versus Immortals. I, I don't think we need to talk about Echo Fox. Give me 60 seconds on Immortals. Where do you stand on them heading into this last week of the season? Flame's going to win MVP. I'm not sure I agree with it. Really? You think I, he is now? I, I think, I'm bad I, in this case. I think it's the legacy thing. I think he's going to get voted for it because he's flame and everyone wants to reward him for his existence over the past six years of league of legends um i think jensen probably should win it i think jensen's the one that deserves it but it might be flame and uh i think they're okay like i think they can win the championship i think they're the most likely non-clg cloud nine tsm team ever to win a championship in north america but i don't know i just i don't know who the second carry is going to be every game of the playoffs like they can make it work and bounce back and forth between pole belter and cody sung but it is also pretty high odds that ale or smithy are going to get caught out at the wrong moment in one of these series and lose them a series it's possible i i always lean on the side of 
I'd rather be the one trying to make a play, even if it might fail, than trying to play so safe that you end up seeding the map. The splice style of let's wait for a mistake. Aren't you the guy that always, like, makes fun of me for liking Kiwi Kid for, like, that exact reason? Yeah, well, if Kiwi Kid had a, you know, a conversion rate of more than 15%, I might have felt differently. And, like, like, look, it's, like, actually, to be honest, like, Ale and and Kiwi Kid, I feel like Ale is, like, everything Kiwi Kid probably aspired to be. Rich man's Kiwi Kid! Oh, my lord, I called that, like, six weeks ago. Look at that. You were absolutely right, and that's one of the things that it's it's fun to watch a key, a version of Kiwi Kid that is good, um, and has an actual champion pool, and knows what he's doing. I I will just say uh, I hope I say this as an Immortals fan. I think that you can make a better case for Ale as an MVP than you could for Flame, and neither one of them should be in your MVP top three at this point. Flame got beat by Sunday hard last week. Like I'm not even. I don't think he's the best top laner in North America. I think right now, like Darshan's got the best KDA. Someday has the best laning stats. Actually, no. Flame has the best laning stats. Someday has the most consistent um, post laning stats. Like all three of those guys have had some good parts to them. But I don't think I can definitively say like I could three weeks ago that Flame is the best top laner in North America. I, I don't think we're there anymore. I think he's fallen off of that. Fair enough. I I think it should be Jensen. If it's not Jensen, I think it should be Bjergsen. It's going to be I, I, it'll be Jensen or Bjergsen or Flame. I think those are the top three. And it'll pro- it'll it'll actually probably go to Jensen because paid for by Jack. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think the land is on this series? Uh, I said Immortals minus six hundred. Okay, you and I split this one as well because I also said minus six hundred. Uh, it is Immortals minus 526. That puts Echo Fox at plus 450. This is exactly where this line should be. Um, three maps plus 145. We're not, we're not doing that. No. There's, there, there's no need when Echo no. Fox hasn't even decided who their five starters are going to be on a weekly basis. Yeah, no. Like, I've already had my fantasy uh, season ruined by Froggen just not playing for a full week. So I, I don't, I'm not dealing with uh, <coughs> Echo Fox bets anymore. Let, let's move on to the first game on Sunday, which is going to be FlyQuest versus Phoenix One. I also don't want to spend. Uh, this is not true. Sunday has been flexed. The first game is Cloud Nine versus Echo Fox. Okay, well, can we get rid of FlyQuest versus Phoenix One anyway? Oh yeah, we we can do that too. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. Okay. FlyQuest versus Phoenix One. Where do you think the line is? Because uh, we neither of us have any reason to care yeah. about this, right? Phoenix One minus one thirty-five. Uh, I said Phoenix 1 minus 130. You again get this one because it is Phoenix 1 minus 137. I hate this minus 135 shenanigan, Walter. I don't like this. I just want you to know, on the record, these shenanigans you've pulled here. Uh, well, Chase. <laughs> There's another one in there, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, we, uh, we got one more of those shenanigans coming our way. Uh, we'll go Cloud9 Echo Fox next since that is apparently what's been flexed. I can adjust my, my book from there. Cloud9, Echo Fox. I also feel like there's not a lot for us to say about this series. Is there anything you're looking forward to? Yeah, I'm looking forward to being done talking or watching Echo Fox, a team that literally only cares about existing in the LCS, not actually winning. So uh, I had Cloud9 at minus 450. Uh, I said Cloud9 at minus 600. 
you're gonna get this one. Because the actual line, and I have to pause here for dramatic effect because this is so silly. I genuinely could not believe it when I saw it. Cloud9 minus 278. That's Echo Fox at plus 200. You could get plus 120 lines for Cloud9 getting the 2-0, which we absolutely should, by the way. That's genuine value in a series that shouldn't have any. Why is this close? What, what have we seen from Echo Fox that justifies this? I like, no clue, dude. No, absolutely none. I don't know why. This makes no sense to me. Is that not, not a... Baffling decision. And, and and you know what? I will say this. Like Echo Fox, I I don't I don't hate watching them as much as, as you seem to, mostly because I have a lot of credit it's the I same give game. It's literally the same exact game. I could drop you three different Echo Fox games and say, Chase, tell me which one happened in week one and which one happened in week eight. You would not be able to pick them out. None. Yeah. <laughs> It, it is the exact, and you would be like, well, Walter, yeah, that's, they have a play style. Like, yeah, but it's a mediocre play style. <laughs> it is a, we are constantly a seven or eight seed in the LCS. Every single split, because we just play this same, very kind of monotonous, we do this one thing, and it's not very good, but every once in a while, we're better than the teams below us. So, just, well, The thing about it is, I, 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 will, I will argue one point with you, which is that, Echo Fox gets considerably worse as the season goes on. They started the season 2-0. They 2-0'd both of their initial series. They went 1-1 in week 3. They have just one other map win since that point. So that's where I will say, like, I think this team starts out hot because they have some sort of secret plan, and then they, they get it going because they go super aggressive early, and people are like, oh, we can't deal with this early game pressure. And then people figure out how to deal with their early game pressure, and then they have nothing else. Just nothing else to offer, which tells me that there's a coaching problem in there. Um, sorry, Nero, you seem like a nice enough dude. Um, I'm, not seeing, I'm not seeing a lot of amazing things translate to the stage. I think their decision to only scrim their sister team was uh, good on paper, but paper is a flimsy thing that turns clear when you rub grease on it. So I just... I don't know, man. I, I, I want to see what they do now that franchising is going to be a thing. Maybe they finally uh, make some, some key changes there because I think there are some to be made. Team Liquid versus Dignitas. I, I don't think we need to talk about this series. I think we've already mentioned Dignitas. I, any, any final parting words um, about this Team Liquid team that we're hopefully putting to bed? This will be the last time we talk about them on the podcast because... Dignitas minus 175. Okay, cool. I Okay, I get this. I said Dignitas minus 320. It is Dignitas minus 370. You went way too low. I, I it Literally, I underestimated how much the uni, how much Unicorn suddenly believed in Dignitas. Both of Dignitas' games this week I was really far off on. Yeah. So, okay. And you, I, you, were, you weren't very high on them from their games last week either. So I, it's, I, it's I, not, I, it's I not a, it's not a very It's not a very high on them thing, though. It's a, they're a decent team, but they haven't fixed their flaws. 
And like the fact that they're only that they're plus 105 against CLG is like mind-boggling to me because over the course of the season, well, actually CLG hasn't been that much more consistent of a team. I yeah, think. I, I was gonna say uh, something to remember. Dignitas is the only team that will finish the season with a positive record against TSM, four and one, in their five maps they played against TSM. So stop uh, believing in them. Stop it. Stop I'm it. Sorry. Everyone, stop it. Stop believing in them. Please, stop it. Because if TSM isn't winning the split, I want it to be Dignitas. Stop this believing in them. You are cursing them. This is like the anti-Tinkerbell. It's like, if you clap, then they'll die. If you clap, then they'll die. You can't do this. Don't do this to them. They need no faith. Santa's, <laughs> Santa's sled is powered by sadness. Don't love him. Be, be sad. Cry. God, wow. This is a... Uh... Oh it got dark God. fast. Let's do our last Stop game of the week. Stop believing in Dignitas. Good God. Yeah. Please. It's, it's literally the same thoughts that I had when Kelsey Moser was like, yeah, TSM is a top three team in the world last year. Why would you do this to us? Why would you do this to Dignitas? They've done nothing to hurt you. I, I know. Nothing. Well, series of the week, last series yep. of week nine, Team Solo Mid versus Counter Logic Gaming. I clearly the, the rivalry that defines North American League of Legends in a lot of ways. Um, two longtime teams uh, that have a lot on the line in this series. As you mentioned, CLG needs this win if they want to hold on to the three seed, realistically. Um, they definitely need it if they want to have a shot at the two seed if they're hoping that Immortals or TSM falls flat. And meanwhile, TSM wants to be the top team. This is, this is the split before Worlds. This is when TSM is putting the nothing is a celebration until we go to Worlds kind of mode where they get all robotic like this is just what they do on a Sunday. Um, yep. I, I hate it. <laughs> Belichickian, yep. Absolutely. As a non-TSM fan, I absolutely hate it, but that's what they do, and they're damn good at it. So, Walter, what do you expect to see in this series? Um, what, what do you expect to see? And if you're maybe playing the devil's advocate and being on the CLG side of it, what would you like to see? Like, if you want to you see CLG maybe rise to the occasion uh, and CL make this a competitive CLG, finals. This is entirely on does Svenskaren show up or not. Oh, like that's, that's really going to be TSM's entire run going into Worlds. Has been. I think Haunter's been playing okay. I think teams have been focusing a little bit more. But he is a masterful tank player. Like, let's not forget last split when he was constantly playing all the damage dealers. We're like, why are you doing that? Play Maokai. You're good at Maokai. You're good at teleporting in and playing these crowd control disruptive team fighters. Like, like no, I want to I play Jace. No! Stop playing Jace and Rubble. Play Maokai. I want to play Jace. He's a pretty good NAR player. Uh, Kennen's out of the meta. Thank Jesus. I don't want to see Kennen top lane from TSM ever again in my entire life. There's only one player on TSM that ever should play Kennen, and he's the owner. He doesn't play anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it really revolves, I think, around Svenskeren and the fact that CLG has this rookie jungler. Svenskeren can go in and beat the crap out of this kid. Like, make your game plan, get pushing laners. Let's go back to summer before last year when then everybody thought that TSM was a top four in Kelsey Moser's place, uh, top three team in the world. They were picking lanes that always pushed. 
and they are pushing the enemy team into their towers and they're letting Svenskaren go and run amok in the enemy jungle and Biofrost because he could trust double if not to die in a 2v1 because he's not wild turtle would roam in the enemy lane enemy jungle and start placing all these words and you're starting to see that you're starting to see TSM rebuild this you know old version of themselves and go okay like yeah this is how the, I get it. This is how the meta is working now. It's all these pushing lanes. And now our jungler can be super aggressive. And he can do these kind of weird blind invades and actually have some backup. Because we're not playing these things where you just want to sit back and relax. Um, Tristana and Caitlyn are right in double lift's wheelhouse. Uh, Lucian's probably going to make a little bit of a way back. We've seen Corky come back in the mid lane. Double if, uh, Bjergsen is a fantastic roamer. You know, Talia's still a thing. You can always fall back on Oriana. We've got a Zillion that possibly can get pulled out, and that works really, really well against Corky and Lucian. That's something that I remember last uh, last playoffs in the su last summer playoffs and last Worlds. He would use that sort of his his kind of counterpick uh, to Corky's. It's just if I'm CLG, I need to hope that Svenskaren just doesn't really show up. I need to hope that my jungler can be protected can stay equal with levels and we can do clg things which is we're a team at our core there's no i in team there's no i in clg unless you lowercase the, the l and then it's a capital i in some fonts but there's no i in clg there's there's not it's they are a team at their core and they are about making every single one of the other players around them better and it's helped that Darshan has looked a little bit better the last couple of weeks. He seems a little bit more in his element. Um, their shot calling in terms of their engage has gotten sloppier, where they don't really have someone that's constantly willing to pull the trigger. It does seem a little bit more hesitated, and that might just be because of the champions that Aphromu has been playing. But with like Thresh and with Blitzcrank and with like Braum... I want to see some good old-fashioned Afro-moo. If you get my drift, I'm talking about the Mexican stealth cow that is known as Alistar's mariachi skin. I would love to see him play some Alistar, and I would love to see some like old-fashioned Stixa Afro-moo, uh, you know, uh, Callistar, you know, Callista Alistar compositions where you're just throwing the Alistar in and you're blowing things up. He's done pretty good on Raiken. Uh, I'd love to see more Raiken out of him. But I just want to see more confident in their confidence in their engages. And I don't want to see them be this like, okay, come towards us. Now we counter-engage. I want to see them be somewhat aggressive because against better teams, if this team does make it to Worlds, you can't sit back on your heels and wait for SKT to come to you because they just won't come to you. They'll take everything else on the map and they'll wait for you to be like, okay, we really have to contest this Baron. And then that's when SKT is going to kill you or KT is going to kill you or... Uh, RNG or you know any of these Chinese teams so I want to see this week and going into the playoffs CLG be a little bit more proactive and having confidence in their decisions to be proactive TSM just wipe the floor of these guys take the number one seed you know we'll see you in Boston because you've never missed a North American LCS finals in the existence of the North American LCS and I think the last major LCS tournament that you, uh, the ma last major North American tournament finals you didn't make was MLG Raleigh. And that was because you and CLG didn't go to the event and Dignitas and Curse got punished and weren't given prize money because they agreed that in game one of that tournament, they were going to ARAM each other. So North America is a better place when TSM is in their tournament finals. Let's just be honest.
Look, this has been an era now that has lasted as long as the LCS has been a thing. And hail to the king. You got to give props to the guys that are currently the champs. TSM are currently our two-time defending champs. You got to give them credit where much it's like, due. Much like Walter C. And he's fed check. No, you're only a one-time. I know you're two-time too, yeah, because you got the worlds as well. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That's I right. Give you, that's I got to give you credit for that. Right. But I, I will say that CLG is the team that has the kind of mentality that you need if you're going to threaten the Kings. You have a team that is bought in to a clear system that has an identity and knows how to use that identity effectively. You're right that it needs to be done more actively. And right now, you see them right now, they have the seventh early game rating at 47.1. Funnily enough, TSM is only 47.9. So it's not like either one of them have been disastrous in the early game or all that great. Um, there are just three teams that have been doing so much better than everybody else that it kind of skews the numbers accordingly. But overall, I, I think that this is a series that's going to be very back and forth because I think no matter how good these teams are at any given time, uh, these series are always close. And the fact that both of these teams happen to be really good just means it's going to be that much closer. Uh, Walter, where do you think the line is? Well, Chase, I don't know if you're paying attention to the scoreboard that's below you there, but right now yeah. it's 6-5. to five. I've got a point lead, Yes. Yeah, and uh, you know how you were complaining earlier about these minus 135 games that I've been playing you? And I yeah. said there was one more? Yeah. Well, it hasn't happened yet. And here is it, it is. Yeah. TSM minus 135. Okay, sure. We split the week. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this point right here. So thank you. Thank you very much. You know what? I... I have considerable problems with this line. I have TSM minus 180 for the record. It is minus 137. It is the third minus one, uh, actually the fourth minus 137 of the week. Um, it's CLG plus 105, just like all those other minus 137 series. I just don't understand why TSM isn't more heavily favored. CLG it's has a rookie jungler. TSM versus CLG, Chase. It's TSM versus CLG. It's their always close series. The bookies know this. There's a reason why it doesn't matter how bad Boston is. They get a little bit of a bump when they play the uh, Yankees. It's just there is something special that when these two teams get brought onto the field, it does not matter how the rest of the season is gone. Something special happens when these two teams meet each other. And it's because of the longevity of the rivalry. I, I, I jokingly said before the James Dolan purchasing, uh, the Madison Square Garden group purchasing CLG, that it's kind of funny that if CLG doesn't make it to franchising, it's going to be because back in season two, they went to Korea to compete in OGN and TSM stayed home and took over North America. Because prior to that, CLG was really the dominant brand in North America. And then they went to Korea, they wasted that time, and TSM harnessed that and said, well, we're going to do all these vlogs. We're going to do all this, you know, cutesy, odd one goes to Subway. We're going to do all this streaming. And that's how the TSM built up their fan base. And, oh, yeah, they were also really, really good at League of Legends. So there's something special that happens when these two guys touch the rift. And ultimately, this is the final I want. Because this is the final I want at TD Garden. Stop it. Please, why? Why, why do we need to see CLG versus TSM part three? You know what I'd like to see? Any team that hasn't been to the finals at least twice already. Like, I'm tired. I want to, now, to be fair, New Blood has to earn it. Yes. Like, I, 
I want them to be in the finals because they beat some people and really surprised us. That's why I would love for Immortals to get there. I'd love for Dignitas to get there. I'd love for yeah. Envious oh. to grow a third limb and somehow get there. Like, the proverbial whatever. Like, I, I'd i love to see it happen. Um, I, 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 you really do have to be a TSM. No, no, uh, because because I, I look at it this way. The, the best final that could have happened in Vegas was TSM versus CLG. Glitz, Great. Glamour, Vegas, it makes sense. Madison Square Garden, TSM versus Cloud9, which is a, a fantastic rivalry, and the battle between Bjergsen and Jensen, and Jensen potentially overtaking Bjergsen. It made sense. TD Garden is another kind of one of those places where, like, I don't want, I don't want GGU versus TSM at TD Garden. I don't want that to happen. I want it to be one of the, I want it to be two of the big three powerhouse, you know, powerhouses that have been here since the beginning. And as much as I love Immortals, I love the organization, as much as I love Dignitas as the organization, TSM versus CLG or Cloud9 packs more narrative oomph in it at TD Garden than Immortals versus TSM or Immortals versus CLG or Immortals versus Cloud9. That is so much easier to say when you're one of the big three. I just want, like, just just to be clear. Listen, I didn't choose the thug life. The thug life chose me. Yeah, we're, we're going to do some smart money bets because I'm tired of, of hearing a TSM fan just get excited about it. Be a TSM fan? Yeah, yeah, just do what you always do because that's what you guys always do because you're probably going to win, and I hate all of this. Smart money bets. Smart money bets. What's jumping out to you, Walter? Give me – I'm willing to go up to four if you think there are four valuable bets. Uh, let's do at least three. I don't, I don't Can we please take TSM, CLG, three maps at minus 105? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, that's going to three maps. Yeah, take that one. Absolutely. Nail it on the head. Um, so, I, so now we can find, let's see. Cloud920 Cloud over Echo Fox at plus 120. That one stands yeah, out to me. Um, I like Envious and Immortals going three maps at plus 115. Because I think that... Immortals doesn't hasn't gotten clean wins against top tier. I get, I get you. You're hedging. You're hedging your bets. You're now learning how to be a gambling fan. There you go. It's a, it's a fan I'll take hedge. that one. Yes. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. Uh, I also personally am going to take Team Liquid winning both of their series this week because I want them to lose both of them. Okay. Can I'm not like... actually doing that at all. <laughs> I could, I would never ever waste a cent on Team Liquid, ever. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other bet that we really want to make. Do we like it all, Dignitas plus 105 over CLG? Is it not, no. not quite enough? Stop. It's, it's not quite enough. Stop believing in Dignitas, please, God. Stop doing this. You're right. Well, we won't put a stink on it. We won't bet on Dignitas. TSM and CLG go into three maps and minus 105. Cloud9 getting the 2-0 over Echo Fox plus 120. And Envious and Immortals going to three maps at plus 115. We will not put a stink on Dignitas. Everybody already has. You guys have already ruined this. Like, Keen was going to win a championship. It was going to be great. We were going to get to see Odie flip everyone off because he finally won a League of Legends tournament. It would have been fantastic, but everyone had to ruin it. Well... We, we will see. Hopefully, we didn't ruin this podcast for you with our many 
TSM ramblings and, you know, trying to uh, dig just a little bit more dirt over these terrible, terrible teams that are going to be fighting for relegation spots that don't matter unless you're one of the guys who has $3 million on the line for it. Uh, if you enjoyed the pod, you should let us know in that handy-dandy comment section, whether you're on YouTube or SoundCloud or however you enjoy podcasts. We love hearing from you guys. Reviews on things like iTunes genuinely help quite a bit, and I do read all of them. Uh, they are genuinely appreciated, even if we don't always agree with you guys. We love keeping the conversation going. And, of course, you can keep up that conversation with me, at Red Shirt King. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Listen, we've been doing this since, what, season four Worlds? If, if you're sick of the TSM, like, fanboy jerk session, I uh, I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> like, Shout out to your perseverance. That's what I have to I don't you. I don't know what to tell you guys if you're sick of it and you're still coming back for it because I'm a TSM fanboy through and through. Uh, but at the end of the day, you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. I promise I don't talk about TSM as often on that Twitter. I actually make way more comments about other things that are going on, uh, like James Dolan buying CounterLogic Gaming and not Team Liquid, even though I've spent the past six months calling Steve Aronset League of Legends James Dolan. I can't do that anymore because League of Legends James Dolan is actually James Dolan. And if it's you don't totally watch basketball, bad. you don't understand it at all. And CounterLogic Gaming fans, I'm so sorry because you probably will. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope you never have to find out. But, like, I've seen Dolan do literally anything before. So, you know, uh, I'll, we'll be rooting for you guys. I expect, uh, I expect uh, Chowster to be hired as your guys' general manager about three weeks after the end of the season. Oh, God. Please, please no. Pools now. Um, one more thing. Uh, if you guys uh, would like to see a more extended bit of my thoughts of this entire North American week, I wrote an article for unicorn.com. It's going to be in the description on this video. I went over everyone's schedule with their path to victory, the likelihood of success, and where I project them to finish. So it's a nice little handy dandy guide. If you've got a friend of yours who's like, I haven't been watching the split. What should I watch and why should I care? You can just show them this article. And it's like, oh, this is what I should watch and why I should care. Um, it's pretty pretty well done, if I say so myself. Um, and I should have something to announce to you guys next week. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for week 10 of the EU LCS Guest Alliance, which we will do. I don't know that we're going to do anything for the North American Promotion Series. I'm not sure why we would, other than just masochism or boredom or both, potentially. Um, maybe we'll do something else fun. Maybe Walter and I can think about things that we can do with that hour of time. That would be uh, enjoyable for you guys. So we'll we'll get back to that. But until then, goodbye, internet. You can follow the Rough Drafts podcast on all your favorite social media sites: Twitter at Rough Drafts Pod, Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, YouTube.com backslash Rough Drafts Podcast as well as on iTunes by searching for The Rough Dress Podcast. The Rough Dress Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.